There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome, listeners, to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 11 of the NRL. We've got Walsh here, another great round of footy in Round 11. Let's get straight into it. Thursday night, we saw the Melbourne Storm taking on the Broncos at Amy Park. And the Storm took it out. It was a pretty hard-fought match, 24 points to 16. I don't think either team really played their best footy. The Broncos are definitely closer to their best footy than the Storm. The Storm are really missing Pappenhausen, which is probably an obvious statement, but there's been no indication of when he's coming back. So they've really got to adjust to life without him. And Amini was doing a really good job there to start the year, but he's gone a little bit flat the last few weeks. But just shows you how good a team they are that they can still get the win over the Broncos. But it was a fairly controversial game as well. So the Storm also, as well as Pappenhausen, I mean, he would explode into the line. He'd create a lot of ruck speed, but they're also missing that explosive running of Brandon Smith and and the ruck speed he creates, whether that be out of dummy half. But generally he was playing a lot of lock forward for, for the Storm or, you know, as a middle forward basically and creating that momentum. Now they basically rely so much on Nelson. Uh, Tui Kamakamika gives him a little bit of help, but I think they still struggle with that a little bit against the Bronx. I thought in terms of the Broncos, I thought they were pretty gutsy, uh, which is a good sign for them because, uh, you know, when you look back at previous years, that's the type of game where things didn't go their way. One of their key players like Reynolds goes down injured and doesn't come back onto the field, that they would have folded up and given up 40 or 50. So the Broncos have really improved there. They got some pretty tough calls from officials. Uh, Kevy Walters has referred to them later in the game. I don't know if that there was a, there was a sin bin, I think, for – for I think they had three sin bins, but one of them was particularly harsh uh, for a hip drop, I think it was. So, yeah, I, I think both of these sides are – really fighting it out for that third and fourth, probably third to eighth. I think they're both locks to to make it into the top eight. I really do. I think the Bronx have improved that much this year. And I think the Storm, they just get there on professionalism. They don't beat themselves in most games, even though their list is looking a bit skinny at the minute. Okay, relevant super coach scores. So Cam Munster, uh, last time I looked, 87. So I think these are updated scores. I've tried to get the updated scores in there. Pretty good uh, hit out from Munster, but it looked like it was going to be a huge one from him. He didn't do a lot in the second half. I think I saw in one of the chats that he only got six points in the second half. So 
Owners would be happy, but still probably a bit disappointed. He didn't really cash in. Harry Grant, 79. That's more around the scores we expect from Harry. So he's knocked out a nice nice score there. Will Warbrick, he looks like a serious player. Will Warbrick, just athletic. Uh, he's hard to handle, good finisher, and pretty good in the air as well. I think he could have a really long NRL career. So he looked really hungry on Thursday night and, he did well to score a couple of tries. Nearly got a hat-trick, but I think one got disallowed. Uh, Katoa bounced back with a 72. Uh, Christian Welsh was good for owners with a 68. Meany, so-so with a 45. I'm not sure how many people have Meany, but like I said, he's he's having a bit of a down period in his form. I mean, he's not going terrible, but he's not going as good as he was earlier in the year. For the Bronx, uh, probably the three most relevant players to Supercoach. Uh, Payne Haas, 92, just keeps doing it. Best prop in the game. And in terms of Supercoach, you just got to have him. What you do with him over the origin periods is a decision to make, but we'll deal with that in the next couple of weeks. Reese Walsh, a lot of people sold him. He, look, he looked awesome in NRL. Like He just turned it on right from the start with that line break off a kick return, just show and go, and his pace was through. But only ended up posting a 62, which is respectable, but he does seem to do a lot out on the field. And, you know, you look at if you're not following the score live, you're probably looking and go, oh, geez, Reese Walsh has knocked out a 90 to 100. And you go back and have a look, and it's a 62. So it doesn't always equate to super coach points with how well he's going out on the field, Reese Walsh. Uh, Ezra Mann, he's in a few teams. I know earlier in the year, 26 points. So apart from that, not a lot more relevant with the Broncos. I think Flegler got a 50. But, I mean, if you're bringing in Flegler, then, you know, you've got a high high threshold for risk because uh, he's playing on the edge at the moment. He's a bit like TPJ when he red lines. So I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. Next week, the Broncos uh, go back to Suncorp uh, and they take on the Panthers. So they knocked them off earlier this year. So th- that'll be a good uh, that'll be a good rematch there. And they get them at home, but obviously the, the Panthers are pretty rampant at the moment. The Storm are heading to Suncorp two days later to take on the Dolphins. So there's a few decisions to be made for uh, Supercoach owners like myself who have Munster, who have Grant. But I think I'll definitely be holding both of them for the Dolphins game. Uh, big question for Reese Walsh owners. If you haven't sold him already, do you hold him to round 13? So they play the Panthers, but it is at Suncorp. So, you know, he gets a probably a fast drive track at Suncorp. Do you persist with him there and then get him against the, the Warriors with a depleted Broncos side? It's a big question. Uh, I think I'm going to hold him. I know he's he's bleeding cash, but I think uh, Reese Walsh is a hold. Okay, on to the Friday night games. The Warriors took on the Bulldogs and took it out 24 points to 12 after leading 18 points to nil at halftime. Some of the main points that I had from this game was SJ's kicking game was just unreal. Uh, he just directed him around the park and kicked it where he went. Apart from one kick, I think they made a big long break and he went for an all or nothing play. I think it was on the first or second tackle, uh, 
probably about second or third tackle, and he kicked it across to the side, but the winger came back and caught it. He was trying to trying to catch him off guard to uh, to get Dallin Wittini Zelezniak away there. But apart from that, he had a really, really good game. Uh, I don't think the Warriors were particularly at their best. I think they've played better in games where they've lost. But um, their first half was impressive, and but particularly in the second half, I thought they looked a bit tired and, and the bye is, is coming at the right time. The Bulldogs lack points. Um, they're short a few quality players. Obviously, kick hours out, so that's huge. He would have given them a real presence on that left edge, and uh, he's missing out on opportunities to build that combination as well with Burton and, and the outside backs. So that's unfortunate. They do look like they're building to, to something, but I did notice that Cameron Serraldo was fairly frustrated. Uh, in the press conference afterwards, and he said he'd be ringing the changes uh, if the New South Wales Cup, Cup team played really well. So we'll see what happens. I thought the young winger with the headgear, Blake Wilson, was he was pretty impressive. He looked sharp and a few tackle breaks there, and I think he'll hold his spot. So keep an eye on him for a possible cheapie uh, who, who's at basement price. So having a look at the Supercoach scores, AFB just continues to deliver. Wow, he's just uh, had an outstanding run of a month or so in Supercoach. Punched out a 90. SJ and Joshy Curran, 76s. Um, Tohu Harris, 71. So I was pretty happy with that. I brought in Tohu, finally fixed up my front row forward, which has been bugging me all year since I got rid of Tohu. So I thought... Do I get Jack DeBellin or do I get Tohu? And I and I went for Tohu, and I think it's much of a muchness, to be honest. But now I can feel pretty happy that i got Payne Haas and Tohu there. So whether I bring in a third gun front row forward, I'm not too sure. Uh, obviously, they don't have that ceiling, but some of them do punch out pretty consistent scores like Joey Tappany and, and DeBellin's getting up there as well. So for the Bulldogs, Harrison Edwards. Jeez, he's one that, that's flown under the radar. I think I heard Timmy Williams talking about him at some stage, but he had a really, yeah, like a negative BE and he's punched out a 94 with the try. So I don't know if he's worth getting on or it's a bit late. He's a bit of a moneymaker there. So you be one to have a deep dive into this week. Matty Burton, 76, was good to see him going well. Reed Marnie, 59, going to be pretty happy with that. Preston keeps punching out 50-plus scores, so he's got a 50. Alamotti, 59. That's that's pretty good for Alamotti if you've still got him. I know a few people do. I have him sitting there. Just dirty. I didn't put my reserve on him and ended up getting an AE. It cost me the uh, head-to-head against the super coach spy this week, so he'll be up and about. Uh, Karaz, 53. I think he's definitely put the red pen around him. Don't put it through him, but put the red pen around him the asterisk beside him because he's going to be definitely be a trade-in very soon. He's going to hit, he's going to bottom out and he's going to get back to fitness and start breaking tackles and, and really getting amongst it, Jacob Carraz. And Blake Wilson, 55. Again, just watch him over the next week or so, possible cheapy bargain basement price. A couple more thoughts on the game. I, I just think like, Adam Fanua Blake is in the form of his career. He's he's a different player to Payne Haas, 
but we are seeing two of the best in that position in this generation. So they are two of the best front rowers to ever do it, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, I was very, I, I'm pretty interested to see as a Warriors fan what side that they trot out because they have a buy in next round, and then they come up against the Broncos, who'll be, they'll have a few out for Origin uh, in round 13. And the players that they have potentially returning are Mitch Barnett from a neck injury, Luke Medcalf from a hamstring. I think he's been playing some New South Wales Cup over the last week or two. Braden Williams due back for a calf, and you've also got Jackson Ford back with a concussion. So they're starting to get a few troops back. They've still got Jazz Tavunga, Tamare Martin, uh, a few of those players to come back. So I think the Warriors can really build on their start to the season. They'll be happy with the way they've started it. Okay, the main game on Friday night. And the Panthers absolutely rinsed the Roosters at Panthers. They just gave them a shellacking. It was an embarrassing result, really, for for a side like the Roosters, which is such a, a proud side and generally doesn't get beaten like that. It was really surprising to see them beaten like that. So they've got some issues. Uh, it's only been like over the last few weeks, but those attacking issues are seeming quite apparent, and now they've got a few injuries on top of that. Sammy Walker's been injured playing New South Wales Cup, and they've also got Joey Manu with the injury cloud. Like I've said in previous weeks, the Panthers are legit. Like, there's two top-tier sides at the moment, and they're a fair way ahead of the rest of the competitions, and and that's South Sydney Rabbitohs and, and the Penrith Panthers. So, I mean, there was nothing there that dissuaded me from that opinion or if anything it really confirmed it so having a look at a few of the scores scotty Sorensen career day for him so i think he's owned by about one percent of people probably less i'm pretty sure but i i did actually went in and had a look i think it's about 1400 people so that's surprisingly a lot so he might have actually been punching out some half decent scores because i saw his price was around about 520k he's never really been relevant to me but the punch out 175 all of a sudden makes you raise the eyebrows. Jerome Luai, been pretty quiet all year, 155, hit back with a big game. Cleary, 82, respectable, normal Cleary game. Tyrone Peachy, he might be the one that got away from me. I, I wasn't really keen on him, but the last couple of weeks he he's looked really, really good. Uh, and he's probably getting the scores that, that Tungo would get if he was there. So when the Panthers hit their straps, he's going to get decent scores, 77. Sonny Taruva, 65. He doesn't seem to be breaking out with that really big score, but 65 is, is more than acceptable. Toto got a 54. Sonny Luke just still punching out those sort of high 20s, low 30s, 33. Zach Hosking. That's an interesting one. Now, he went off, I believe, with an injury or a HIA and didn't come back on after maybe 28 minutes or 25 minutes or something like that, and he didn't come back onto the field. So the score is reasonable given that, the, the score of 28 Supercoach points, but is it a time now where you think about trading him? 
I mean, it's something to think about. There's a few options out there. He's earned a fair bit of money for you. And he's not really exploding on that right edge. Martin's coming back. Maybe Sorensen challenges him for that left edge spot. Uh, sorry, uh, for the – which side's Martin playing? I'm not sure. But whatever side Martin's not playing on, you know, maybe Sorensen challenges for it. I think they want to play him more as a middle. So I think that Zach Hosking, his position is safe. But if you were looking for a bit of a trade and you wanted to go to uh, – second row forward that was playing in the bye or had a good run over the byes, it might be the time to do it. Uh, Billy Smith, 80. Joey Manu, 33 with the injury, and James Tedesco, 29. I was reading uh, an article the other day about how Teddy was the only player in the last five years who'd been in the top five supercoach players, uh, overall scoring or overall average or something like that. Geez, it's been a bit of a fall from grace for Teddy in terms of Supercoach, and and I think it's reflected in the attacking problems that the Roosters have, have had as well. So, but Billy Smith priced at two hundred eighty nine and a half thousand dollars with two seventy plus scores in two games, and and then there, and there were two games where his team was dominating them too. So keep that in mind. For me, even though. He has one more game and it's against St. George and then he, he goes into the bye in round 13, so he's no good to you there. I think I've almost got to bring him in. I really do against St. George. Uh, you know, they're not going great. Yeah, you know, Moses Suley, he copped a bit of a bath off Val Holmes. He had a mixed game. He scored, scored some tries himself. But, yeah, I think Billy Smith definitely is a trade-in this week. Uh, Joey Mann is a pretty close watch, but what do you do with him? Do you trade him out now? It's a bit like the Zach Hosking thing. You know, he's got one bad score. Will you regret it later or do you just hold? Maybe he comes back into the side and when he comes back into the side after the injury, Sam Walker's back. He might be at centre wing, so he's not as big a player as he is at 5'8". So there's a lot of things moving moving parts in the, in the Roosters at the moment, so something to keep an eye on. As I said, Tyrone Peachy's been a great trade-in. I guess the only consolation for the Roosters after those two games is they get St. George next week, and St. George are really struggling, really, really struggling. G'day, guys and girls. Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seacle for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go... You know, I spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. That Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same-game multi on a first try score about to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. You thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U, Give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013 or flick them a message on Instagram at Gambling. That is Gambling, all one word. Lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payable listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Okay, on to the Saturday games and a day game for South Sydney now. 
I think there was a lot of owners licking their lips at this because Souths have really teed off against some sides in day games in the past. But the Tigers put up a great fight. I actually feel like the Tigers have turned a corner. I know they had two wins and then people look at it and go, oh, 20 nil. you know, they were comprehensively beaten. Well, they were beaten by the best side in the competition. Like South Sydney are the best side in the competition. It took a couple of moments of class from Luttrell and Cody, but the rest of the game, they really, really went with them. You never felt like the Tigers were going to beat South Sydney, but I felt like their efforts were really there. And for for the team that they've got on paper, they gave a really good account of themselves. They made the Rabbitohs really work for it. It seemed like the Tigers have curbed that all-out attack style that Sheens was looking to bring back into the NRL. So he's probably assessed that over the first five or six weeks when they were just losing all the time and making a lot of errors and then mixing it up with some high-percentage plays where they're kicking the corners and and just not being as risky as they were. But they've still got that flair that they're able to turn to. So I think they're going to come out with a pretty decent style of footy. and I think. If they can find themselves a halfback, then they're going to be a side on the way up towards the end of the year and also in 2024. Okay, having a look at a few of the relevant Supercoach scores. He's not really relevant, but Tane Milne punched out 131, which is good. Latrell, he was so low for, for a while. I was a non-owner and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at Latrell. He wouldn't be doing that much and... Then he just went bang, bang, got involved with a few things, scored the try at the end that probably very few players would have scored, just pure strength, power, and then the skill to be able to reach out and put it over the line. Campbell Graham just keeps delivering with an 86. Cody Walker, 63, more than acceptable. Uh, Sell 8, 49, and Alex Johnson, 40. For the Tigers, Isaiah Papali'i, 65. Uh, and his uh, second row partner, Johnny Bateman, 59. Stafford Toa, which is one that I mentioned last week, 58. Uto Ikamano was pretty good with a 46, better than what he's been putting out. And a lot of people picked up Jareem Buller for the cash. Uh, maybe some of them even played him. I don't think too many would have played him against South Sydney, but he got a 45, so he's going to get... A fair bit of money there. And he's just playing good footy. He's a tall fullback and he turns up. He's good good at uh, support play. Gets up off the ground really well to contest bombs. And, yeah, I think he's definitely a player of the future. A couple more takes from the game that I had is that uh, Fanua Bolle, the 13 for West Tigers, oh, he's going to be a serious footy player. He is... Really, really impressive. Uh, him and Dabby Moali, who I've watched a bit this year, I think they're just going to be the young players, and I think they're going to be players for the future. So uh, they go about their business, and they don't have a lot of hype around them. But what they offer, I think, in the future, we could be talking about them a lot, lot more. I think it was the best I've ever seen. Well, not ever, but the best I've seen Johnny Bateman this year. Um, you know, you go back to his form with what he did with Canberra getting to the grand final and, and just losing it. But he's warming up. I feel like he's warming up. Him and IPAP are going to be really relevant towards the end of the year and they're going to probably be pods because 
people are going to go West Tigers, nah, no upside. The only downside for them is they don't have two halves who are really good ball players. So the knock on Brooks is, yes, he's a good runner, but he's not an overly good ball player where you see him take it to the line and hit players short too often. So, and also Wakeham, you know, like I said, he he's um he's feel, feeling that spot at the moment, but they're obviously putting feelers out for for SJ. They're going to probably make a play at him and really just trying to find a halfback on the market that can steer the team around. Uh, South, yeah, they just they still remain just a rock solid, legit top tier side alongside the Panthers. They're uh, number one for mine. South play Eels at uh, Trelliance next Friday, so that could be another good game for South owners, those that have Latrell and Campbell Graham and Cody. And the Tigers have the Cowboys at Leichhardt next Saturday as well. So the Cowboys have, have found some form, but I think the Tigers would see that as a winnable game. So I expect them to get up for that. Second game on Saturday, talking about the Cowboys, was the Cowboys had a big win against the Dragons, 42 points to 22 at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Uh, When you're down on your luck, it just seems like everything's going against you, and that was the Dragons on Saturday night. They they started really well. They had the try like Honey was playing dummy half, and he came out and gave a good short ball to Jack DeBellin the try and I thought oh here we go they're going to really get up for for Ben Hunt's 300th game but there was a huge turning point and it came off uh, off a dropout and the Cowboys always go short on their dropouts and the Cowboys looked like they knocked the ball on and everyone sort of stopped but then the Cowboys played on and they ended up making a break and at the end of the break Cole felt sort of hooked himself around a couple of the younger Dragons players. And, you know, as a Wally veteran, he milked the penalty. And he, he not only milked the penalty, but he got the referee to put him 10 in the bin because he thought it was a professional foul. Now, if you look at the replay, there wasn't a lot to it. One bloke, the bloke who got sent for 10 in the bin, poor Jaden Sullivan, I don't think he got back on the field because. Uh, Anthony Griffin, Griffin gave him the hook, or he might have came on really late in the game, but he was just lying flat on the ground. He actually wasn't doing anything at all to hold him down. The other player that was involved, and it might have been Sloan, and he had just hooked his arm around him, Kyle Felton. Anyway, from there, the Cowboys just teed off against 12 versus 13, and, you know, they really turned it on up there. So well done to them. They took their opportunity, but I felt like, they were a little bit unlucky, that sequence of events there, the Saints. But when it's going for you, it's going for you. On to another thing. The short dropouts, uh, they're so good now because like, they're a genuine contest for possession. And we don't see that very often in rugby league. That's one of the knocks on the game. You know, if, if you talk to anyone, oh, they'll say, oh, rugby union, you know, they're a genuine contest for possession and things like that. Well, you know, we don't have that with our scrums. It's more of a opportunity for set pieces and and to have half the defenders caught in one area of the field. But 
With the short dropouts and the Walker brothers started it in the Queensland Cup oh, a fair few years ago now, it's really becoming a reasonably high percentage play. So I would say they're running at about 30 to 40% getting results. So a result is, you know, the kicking team, the team that's dropping it out, basically they either get the ball back or they force a knock on or it goes into touch and they get the ball back. So I reckon it'd be running at close to 30 30 to 40%. And if you don't get it, the worst thing that happens, well, the worst thing that happens is you give away a penalty in front of the post, which depending on what the score is um, may not be overly relevant, but you maybe give away a little bit of field position. So I think a lot of the teams are doing it now, and uh, I I reckon it's great to watch. I just want to say on on Benny Hunt, I just feel really, really sorry for him playing his 300 there. He's a really quality player, and he summed it up last week in, in his interview after the game. It seems like the Dragons are just the dumbest side in the comp. You know, and I don't want to say that with any disrespect, but a lot of their players don't seem to think about their footy. Uh, I've lost count of the amount of times that I've watched the Dragons players and seen one of their players with like a quizzical, dumbfounded look after something happens on the field. Or the other good example of it is when you see a player swearing at themselves. Uh, so when you see those two things, it's generally because they're not in a mental state of thinking about their footy and that. And you do see that quite a bit with the Dragons. Okay, Supercoach scores. Helam Lukey, great game by the big fella, 121 points. Is he a possible trade-in? I think the Cowboys might play 13. So he might pick a bit of interest there, but that is 121 with two tries and some of the defense from the Dragons. I don't think you're going to get that anywhere else. That was that was pretty pathetic defense there. Val Holmes, 92, which is great for owners. Uh, Scotty Drinkwater, 75, if you think the cows can go on a run. Reese Robson, 53, and Ruben Cotter, 54. For the Dragons, I think Jack DeBellin's been a great trade-in for those people that have got him. Got that try, punched out an 84 in Supercoach. Jack Bird's playing. He's one of the few players you look at and you go, geez, he's really having a dig. It's hurting him to lose. So he's a real competitor, Jack Bird. Benny Hunt got 84, which is good to see. Uh, Tyrell Sloan, for those people who brought him in. Yeah, it hasn't worked out too well. 29. And the one I was talking about last week, and I said he would be risky, and I did say probably not a buy, was Max Fenoy. Uh, he got 23, and honestly, I never played NRL, so I don't like to say disparaging comments about players that did play the NRL, but I think if he looks back on his game, he'd be very disappointed with some of his defensive efforts out there. So there's a little bit like I was talking about Sean Russell from the Eels a couple of weeks ago. You look at a game of NRL, and if you've watched – enough games of NRL, then you know what level of physicality you've got to be at. And when someone doesn't meet that level of physicality, then it really stands out. So it might be a while before Max Fienai plays again, or possibly he was sick. You know, you don't know what's going on in the player's life. There could have been something happening there. So hopefully it was just a bad night for him and he can bounce back from that. 
Okay, last game of Saturday. Canberra Raiders taking it out 26 points to 18 over the Eels. And I would say the Raiders won this on the back of a genuine home ground advantage. It was Old Boys Day. Ricky Stewart had the boys up for it. Massive crowd and they were vocal. And basically they got the job done. But one of the things that Brad Arthur pointed out was it was a 10-3 penalty count to Canberra against the Eels, which he said is the most disciplined side in the competition. So he was scratching his head a little bit. I didn't watch the game. There was a couple of decisions I thought the Eels were a little bit hard done by, but I can honestly say I didn't watch the game and, and think that the match officials determined it. So I just felt like they were a little bit unlucky. Parra really misses Mitchell Moses, and uh, they did get a few things go against them, a few calls and a few penalties. So uh, one thing I was wondering is, like, what's happened to Wanga Blake? He seems to have fallen off the radar altogether. Uh, I don't know if he's injured or whether he's, you know, gone to Super League or whatnot or if he's playing New South Wales Cup. I'm going to check that out. But it just seems like, I know he had some difficulties there, but he just seemed like too good a player just to fall off the radar there and not get picked up by another NRL club. I'd be surprised if we don't see him again. It's going to be a tough year for Para. It's going to be a really tough year because they've gone from contenders to basically a fringe top eight side, and that's basically where they're at talent-wise. They've lost a few players, and they're really – depending on a player like Dylan Brown to step up and make things happen. And I think he's playing as good as he can play. It depends on players around him. I feel like Sean Lane, unfortunately he got injured, but he hasn't really come back this year the way that he played last year, and that's a big part of it. He was just really devastating on that left edge, and he he seems a bit out of sorts, and now he's got an injury again. So that's going to affect the parasite. In terms of Canberra, they've really rallied after the Jack Whiten signed with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, sort of like backs to the wall stuff, and they're playing a really inspired, unique brand of footy. So they are good to watch. I actually like watching um, Parramatta play because there's usually a fair bit of points in the game as well. So it'll be interesting to see. It looks like two sides that are... Their seasons are going in different directions at the moment, but it might just be a moment in time. I could see the Eels going on a run, and equally I could see the Raiders uh, having a tough run with losses as well. Okay, Supercoach scores for Canberra. Hudson Young, 78. Matt Timicor, 69, which is pretty good for those who brought him in. Joey Tappany, as consistent as the day is long, 68 points for him. Corey Horsburgh, 49 with a Sinbin. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty happy with that. Pretty silly play. I don't know if that helps him for origin or it hinders him, the fact that he uh, threw that little rabbit punch there. But I guess we'll find out in about a week's time. Jared Croker, 36. I think that's all about all you can expect of him. That's mainly from goals, uh, unless he can get those attacking stats. But what I did notice is they were threatening on that left-hand side. So he's going to pick up some attacking stats here and there. Sean Lane, 34 and injured. Oh, that's tough on anyone who brought him in. I don't think there'd be too many because he wasn't really setting the world alight. 
Gutho, 59, tried his guts out. Maddo, 62, which is a bit low, given he had a uh, try assist there with the kick. Uh, Sevo, 64. Hopgood, 80 with the try. First try in NRL. So Hopgood just keeps delivering for Supercoach owners. And Dylan Brown, 53. I thought he played reasonably well, but uh, he needs to find some more dimensions to his game. He's essentially a running 5'8", and he's very, very good at it. But he also needs to find some other some other ways of doing it or he'll always be that secondary half. Uh, I think with young Arthur there, they really, really needed him to take the lead. And he tried, but he wasn't able to do it well enough against the Raiders at Canberra on Saturday night. Okay, Sunday, Sunday games, and the early game was the Knights taking on the Titans, and this was just a points fest. 46 points to 26, defence went out the window. Uh, They played at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, so it's a good home win there for the Knights. Day game with these two teams, uh, neither of them have a huge focus on defence, so points were always going to be likely. I felt like it was a good bounce-back game from Ponga uh, after that shocking defensive effort against the Eels a couple of weeks ago. Ponga really showed his class. To be honest, when the game was on the line, the, well, actually, I felt like the Titans were ahead and they were they were going into halftime 12 points to six and then out of nothing, Ponga just drifted across. They didn't give him much ball in the first half. It was it was actually a really, really hard watch, as it is sometimes with the Knights and Ponga. They, they sort of went all around Kale and Ponga. And then a ball went out to him and they looked a bit threatening and he got into dummy half and he just drifted out of dummy half and kicked that ball through for Frizzell, who obviously saw that uh, there was space in behind and that really triggered uh, the Knights into action. So, yeah, well, well, it, it, it sort of gave him a chance in the game and then the back end of the game, they just exploded, even though the Titans had had found the lead there. It was like the Titans fell in a heap and the Knights came home really strong. So it was, an, it, was a, it was a strange old game. But in terms of Ponga and Supercoach, he is going to be seriously relevant. If he can get himself through unscathed this origin period, no issues with concussions, no issues with, Injuries, which is a big if, but if he can, I think on the run home, he's going to be an interesting prospect. They might have a bit of an easier draw on the run home. We'll just just have to do your homework on that one. But I certainly think Kalen Ponga playing like that is a genuine super coach proposition. Let's have a look at a few of the scores. Lachlan Miller, 66. Uh, Dom Young, 60. Mazu, 71. I thought he was really good. I was really happy with him as an owner. He might update. These are all pre-updates, so I imagine there'll be hopefully a bit of gravy added to it. Callum Ponga, 86. Phoenix Crossland, 51, which you can't be too unhappy with if you're a Phoenix Crossland owner. In terms of the Titans, uh, 38 for Jaden Campbell. Loffy Camperera delivered again. He's just a gift that keeps giving. 70 points if you had to play him. He'd be yeah, stoked with that. Phil Sammy, 53. He's possibility of pushing for a wing spot in origin. Don't be surprised if he's a smoky. Uh, Tino, 66. And Dave Fafida, 
just playing outstanding footy, 103 points. I think Fafita has is now a must for the run home in Supercoach. So I'm not talking through the origin period. I think, you know, give him the origin period if you haven't got him already, like myself, I haven't. A lot of people do have him and they're probably just going to keep him. But if you haven't got him, I think after the origin period, if he comes out of that all right, maybe look to have him for the run home because he is just playing career best footy. Uh, both of these sides are sort of scrapping away for the bottom of the eight, I think. You know, I think they're both capable of sneaking into the bottom of eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them made the top eight. Uh, I don't think either can finish higher than seventh. So I think it's just those bottom two spots in the eight. But And that, and that's on their full potential. Like if they re- reach their full potential, then they could probably finish as high as seventh, but it would probably be unlikely. I think when... Braley went down when Jaden Braley went down for the Knights. It sort of made me reassess what their chances were going to be like. I didn't think they'd be really good at the start of the year, but they started the the year quite well, and they were doing they were playing a gritty sort of gutsy style of footy. But obviously, Braley's gone down. There's been a few injuries, and now they seem to be just trying to outscore teams, which. Uh, you know, you see teams, they morph their style of footy. You can't hold a style of footy for a whole year unless you're a real quality team like South Sydney or Penrith and you've got that depth. So that's what I think all the teams are aspiring to. But these mid-range teams, you know, they'll have ebbs and flows where they play different styles of footy. Uh, One other thing I'd say is I feel like Lockie Miller is a bit out of form. So he... Started the year off outstanding. His defence, I guess, is not great. I don't know if you come from Sevens Rugby and bring a really good defensive game. Um, so that's not, not a great bedrock for defence, I wouldn't think. But he seems a bit out of sorts with his attacking options as well. Maybe that's just tying him with Ponga uh, coming back into the side. But, yeah, he hasn't played his best footy. So if they can work it out where they've got Ponga, Hastings, and Lockie Miller playing really good footy. They've got a bit of a side there, Newcastle, and they could push for the bottom of the eight. Okay, last game of the week, just come off the back of it. The Cronulla Sharks taking on the Seagulls at Manly at Four Pines Park, and the Sharkies took it out 20 points to 14. A lot closer than it looked like it was going to get. At the start of the game, Manly, it was sort of a repeater last week. They just looked flat uh, like they did against the Broncos. They didn't. They were almost lifeless. I mean, Jake Trebojevic is a big out for them, but I expected after the way they played in Magic Round that there'd be a bit of a reaction at home, and I didn't feel like they really got the crowd into it, so that was disappointing. Tommy Turbo, oh, it's just hard, look. It's like he's trying to get through games to get his spot in origin. Like I don't feel like he's really pushing to 100%. It's hard, or, or maybe if he is, then possibly he's just going through a bit of a form slump. But at the moment, from what you've seen from Tommy Turbo, you'd probably go, nah, he's firing at about 70%. I don't feel like he's anywhere near 100%. So this game just sort of meandered along and I felt like the Sharks dominated it for most of it. And then Anthony Seabolt 
put Taniella Paseca back onto the game, and it sort of exploded after that. The Manly got on the back of that. Daly Cherry Evans got a bit of a spring in his step. Uh, Kula and Olakawate were really going well on that right-hand side and had a couple of near misses, and, and they came back to 2014, and... They had their chances, I suppose. Like the, it was limited chances, but they had their chances to even it up. So I think it was a good finish for the Seagulls, but they'd be pretty disappointed with their first half there. Uh, the, the, the weird thing about it was the Sharks were sprinting up off the line in defence, and what normally happens is when you get sides sprint up off the line in defence to shut you down is teams will – will either kick in behind early to stop that fast rushing defence or they'll get themselves even deeper and eventually, you know, you can't run up that far. But the Seagulls, they just didn't adjust their depth at all They didn't. They, and then the game got away from them so the kick in behind really wasn't a play. I think right near the end Tommy Turbo did it because that was fast rushing defence and it was just too late. Like it's a play that you do to push back the – the team, the t- if a team's trying to shut down your outside backs, they'll rush up. And Nico Hines did it a fair bit, and so did Matt Moylan. Um, and generally, teams will react to that by adjusting their depth, or you know, putting the other team on their heels. Like I said, by pu- by putting that ball in behind. But Manly really didn't do either of them, and and they paid the price for it because Cronulla got away with it, but. I think against better teams, Cronulla aren't going to be able to do that. So it was an interesting tactic uh, and interesting to watch for sure. Now, just taking a look at the Supercoach scores in that game, uh, Ruben Garrick, 94. Great result for owners. Uh, Tommy Trebojevic, 38. Yeah, as I said, he's... uh, He's struggling. He's definitely struggling, Tommy Trevor. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Origin. Hamale Olakawatu, very, very close to scoring a try there, 45. Tula Kula, 42, but could upgrade a bit there. Had some near misses, and I know Desi Creek brought him in, so he was disappointed with how close he went, a couple of near misses, but he might be one to watch moving forward. For the Sharkies, uh, Will Kennedy, 54. Mulatalo, 40. Britton Nakora, or Nikora, as they say now, 78. Got that line break out on the wing. That was a tricky little play there where they swap positions. Uh, he seems to do it different ways, Nikora, but he's running great lines and playing excellent footy. And Nico Hines, as always, accumulating 81 points. Got to be pretty happy with that as your captain. Uh, he might upgrade. I mean, he generally upgrades from... At 81 points to in excess of 100. So that's it for the week, crew. Uh, my early thoughts on trade-ins. I think uh, even though he doesn't play round 13, like I said, I'm going to get Billy Smith in for the Dragons matchup and uh, those price rises. I know he's got an injury history, and that does concern me a little bit. But, yeah, I think I'm just going to roll the dice on him. Uh, I'm also going to have a bit of a deep dive into... A round 13 player who can ideally be like a hold for the rest of the year or a really good cash cow and plays a lot over the origin period. I have 
been listening to Timmy a lot on the podcast and he's mentioned that the Dolphins and the Warriors have favourable draws in terms of the number of games that they play over Origin. So I will have a close look at those teams and and see if I can if I can't find that gem that I can pick up and play throughout the Origin period and maybe maybe keep them for the season. Okay, that's it for me, Crew. Sign off till next week. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 